Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 11, issue 504. And we make a return to the Yakuza series with number three, our fourth show in this franchise. Joining me, Leon Cox, in this issue are Brian Edwards. It's autocorrected to brain again, or did somebody sabotage? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, only, oh, I'm sure there's some grand CIA conspiracy at work as to <laughs> yeah. why uh, my name has changed. Yes, hi, hello. My brain. Uh, Leah Haydu. The evil Americans are taking over the podcast again. <laughs> how how do you enjoy this game when you aren't allowed to change your character name to Butts? That's what I want to know. It's, it's hard. <laughs> I, I have to say. Um, I, I Headcanon mean, is Butts. It, butts well, Kazama. <laughs> butts Kazama, yep. <laughs> and also, not from America, but from the land of the nethers, it's Mikhail Crowder. <laughs> that was lovely and I, I as you can that. tell he's he's suffering with uh with stomach cramps but he's gonna see if he can hold out for the whole show yep <laughs> uh right <laughs> ryuga gotoku three or yakuza three like a dragon is a third person crime fiction melodrama soap opera rpg brawler with mini games sequel and the third entry in the mainline series I removed a few words from my description based on uh, compared to the previous entries. Uh, I took out romance and bromance because this I mean, this has a bit of bromance in. Maybe I should have left that in, actually. With I, in my opinion, the bromance really actually ramps up uh, in this one, okay. it's specifically yeah. between Kiryu and Majima. Um, there's they they, okay. they they really yeah. trust each other now, you know, and it's, it's sure that sure. that that was a. Uh, uh, real plus for me i should have left that in maybe i should have also left another of the words i removed which was absurdist <laughs> because you just reminded me before we started of a couple of moments uh, which are pretty out there it's less say? absurdist but it gets there spoiler alert if you're playing along with the show but you haven't played this game yet or if you're playing through the series or you don't know the end and you don't want to yet we will probably talk about it it's another episode of the saga of Kiryu Kazama. But what are our histories with this entry, this installment? Let's start with uh, the man they call Brian. Yeah, I um, I think I said this on the Yakuza Kiwami 2 show, is that I hadn't played a Yakuza game in, uh, until November of 2020. Um, I started with Yakuza Like a Dragon, and I'd bounced off Yakuza 0 a few times, and then I so I played Yakuza Like a Dragon, I loved that. So I went back into Zero, loved that, and then I played. So last year I finished Yakuza 7, Yakuza 0, Yakuza Kiwami 1 and 2, Yakuza 3, and <laughs> Judgment all last year. Um, so I fell pretty hard for the series. Um, so I actually played Yakuza 3. It would have been in November of last year. And I, uh, you know, completed the story and kind of uh, bounced around uh Okinawa and uh, Kamurocho doing a few of the extra missions, and then I just went back to it a little bit um, over the last week just to kind of refamiliarize myself with um, some of the things because I because uh, 
Yakuza to me is something is very rose colored glasses for me because when I think back on Yakuza three, I'll only remember the funny things that I loved because I, mm-hmm. I I have fallen in love with the characters. But then you know <laughs> when I went back into play it and I started running around as Kiryu, I'm like, oh right, like a couple of these things have not aged particularly well. So um, just tried to get some fresh history with it. So yeah, pretty much. Over the course of the last 18 months is my entire Yakuza history. Mm. Which version, just out of interest? Uh, I played uh, Xbox Game Pass version of okay. the Yakuza 3 remaster, the remaster. excuse me, yes. Yeah. Okay. Leah, how about you? Uh, so I, before we started this series, I had really only played Kiwami uh, and Zero, and I love them, of course, and so since then, I've been kind of reining myself in to follow along with the series so that I didn't end up for the most part like playing the games twice or more than that in a in a relatively condensed amount of time um not that I think I really would have minded because I I have I have yet to find one that I don't really enjoy uh Mm -hmm. this one uh well I mean there there are some differences and there are some issues that I had that we'll get into but still have played it over the past, I guess I finished it about a week ago and had been playing it for uh, a couple of weeks before that and didn't go quite as deep into it as I did maybe with um, Kiwami and definitely with Zero, uh, but still spent, uh, I think this is probably a shorter game for most people. I think I spent maybe something in the neighborhood of 25 or 30 hours which is uh mm. probably pretty long i did a lot of the side stuff but um yeah so uh i played through this once it is uh another in my quest to complete all of the yakuza games hopefully for caterance yeah. and uh yeah that's that's where i am right now here we are which version um i played the also the remastered version but i played the ps4 version uh that came in the uh i guess it was a a bundle with uh, four yeah. and five as well. Indeed, Nikhil. So, in our previous Yakuza shows, you've been the uh, the old school hardcore purist yeah, on the PS2. So, so, of course, I played the PS3 original. Version. I thought I thought you might have done because yeah. you just love uh, inconsistent frame rates. No, I just love going going back to the source no, and uh, see where where it really all started. You know, so. It's important that we don't just gloss over that and only cover the new and shiny and the, uh, let's say the the most up to date way to play them. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you you've done it this way. It's cool. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, same same thing. And uh, my history is that um, when I got my PS3 quite late because I was a uh, Wii and Xbox 360 person. Um, yeah, it's just like you could start picking up a lot of games for cheap. And since I had already started to buy uh, the Yakuza games on PS2, whenever I would find a new uh, installment in, in stores, I would just snatch it up. So I, I filled up the... I, I completed my collection of Yakuza, Yakuza games to eventually play through each and every part. And I think all of them... I popped in at least once to sort of download the updates and check out, just to check out the beginning, like how did they start each and every uh, installment off. And uh, yeah, that's true for Yakuza uh, 3 as well. So I got the sample a little bit of the beginning when I got it in 2017 or thereabouts. Um, yeah, and, and I, uh, of course, quickly figured out that uh, you're running an orphanage in this one. Indeed. 
Yes. Dad yeah. Kiryu. <laughs> you got, yeah, to, you got to play Dad hook. Kiryu Simulator. <laughs> yeah, I played this also on the uh, PS4 disc version that comes in the little trilogy pack of 3, 4, and 5. Fairly recently, finished it a few weeks ago, slightly ahead of schedule for once in, yeah, about yeah un under 18 hours, I think. Uh, pretty much only did the mainline stuff, only dipping my toes into extracurricular activities. Yeah, that's it. Nothing more to say, really. I'm playing along with the show and then hosting the show. That's it. Third drawing from our forum says, after playing Kiwami 1 and 2, I was a bit shocked at how primitive 3 felt in some respects, especially in combat. That being said, I was pre pleasantly surprised at the narrative and Kiryu's growth as a character in the game. The setting was a real breath of fresh air after two games set in claustrophobic city areas and I was hoping we'd end up staying in Okinawa for the whole game, although I knew it wasn't likely. I didn't even mind the children. <laughs> they feel like actual kids rather than caricatures or stereotypes. So far I'm really enjoying the game and really looking forward to seeing how Kiryu's story continues to the end of this game and into the next one. I, I attempted to go right from Kiwami 2 into Yakuza 3. I, that was yeah. like my goal. I think I want to say we recorded the Kiwami 2 episode last year in June-ish. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I went from one to the other and then <laughs> I put yeah. a big pause on it and I came back in November just because it really is a control UI visual graphical dip. Um, yeah. That you, I think you kind of do need a little bit of separation there in order to kind of, you know, to to not judge it based on being something that yeah. it was, you know. Yeah. And not if you yeah. come from Yakuza 2 on the PS2, then it's no, I was going to say, I bet you're here, because I had the same, the same kind of thing, I, it, even though I had a pretty big gap. Um, it was, like, even when I picked it up, I went kind of, oh, ah, this, what's yeah. going on with this Everyone looks system. weird. But yeah. I, I was yeah. wondering, because uh, I, I figured Mikhail would probably have, have, a little bit to say on the uh, mm. the opposite perspective there which is nice yeah Thank as you. we always say context is is so important and uh it would have been a very different experience playing this for the first time on ps3 in 2009 or whatever after maybe having played the ps2 games than it is going backwards from kiwami one and two or zero or whatever yeah uh, absolutely we need to stress that um so the developer back then was still known as Sega CS1 R&D. And of course, uh, they transmogrified into Ryuga Gotoku Studio, who handled the remastered version, I guess, which is, uh, we'll talk a bit more about that. So the director for this one is Daisuke Sato, who had uh, previously worked with uh, Toshiro Nagoshi on the likes of uh, Super Monkey Ball and Spiker's Battle Spike Out uh, and F-Zero GX as well um, before directing Yakuza 3 and staying with the series uh, in some capacity or other as uh, in production for uh, quite some time. Also directed Binary Domain um, and a bunch of composers worked on the game as usual. We'll talk a bit more about the soundtrack in a little bit. The only credit for Toshiro Nagoshi is General Director which I guess is probably a bit like executive producer, which can mean a lot of things from just having your name on the credits to putting your finger in the pie at every opportunity. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Game is released on PS3. Jap uh, Japan first, of course, February 2009. Took a year and a bit to arrive elsewhere. March 2010 
PlayStation 3 everywhere else. The PS4 version remastered arrived in 2018 in August in Japan and the rest of the world a year later. The Windows PC and Xbox One remastered versions arrived in January 2021, a year ago, almost to the day as we record this. Reviews wise, the original game on PS3 averaged 79, according to Metacritic, although it's a weighted average. It gives you the general idea and the remaster a couple of points lower at 77. User reviews on Push Square, the PlayStation site, it's got a very similar to the critical reception, 7.7 out of 10 from 55 folks. And yeah, similarly ish again on IMDb from 400 odd folks, it has an 8 out of 10. So unlike Ryuga Gotoku Kenzan, the previous game in the series released only in Japan, which was a Miyamoto Musashi based spin off set in Edo area Kyoto, this installment continues the adventures of Kazuba Kiryu from the first two Yakuza games. The game takes place both in Kamurocho, a fictional version of Tokyo's red light district, Kabuki, uh, Kabukicho, from the first two games, and in a brand new location called Ryukyu. The area of Okinawa where the story takes place is a fictional area based upon Naha's Makishi. Compared with the earlier episodes, the Kamurocho area has some minor changes with additional back streets and landmarks. Southeast Kabukicho's European medieval castle-shaped karaoke box royal castle building has been modelled and renamed Kamuro Castle. And Northwest Kamurocho Love Hotel, Arland, has been recreated in Kamurocho Hotel's quarter as the Hotel Tea Clipper. Uh, the setting then, how how did you folks feel about this sort of change and the, the slight, yeah, the, the, the change in tone. And, and I think the one thing that I've read many times over anecdotally is the slow paced start of the game. Brian. Yeah, I, so I, I'm of two minds about it. When like getting a chance to see Kiryu quote unquote happy and kind of removed from the gang stuff, even though that lasts about four seconds. <laughs> yeah. um, but, um, but, but just kind of seeing him like literally, like they could not portray him as more relaxed, right? He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt. He's like, <laughs> sure he's is. chilling Short out on the hand beach. For like, chilled, yeah. yeah. Like it, that was nice. I thought it was a nice tonal shift, especially like, the the game before it ends with him, you know, like making love in front of a bomb that he assumes is going to kill himself. It's kind of <laughs> nice that the dude gets to enjoy a morning fish with coffee, you know, like. Um, so I did enjoy the I did enjoy the change there, but it does quickly kind of get bogged down in the tedium of kind of his everyday life, which maybe if if that's by design, then I think it's very well enacted. But um, or just how complicated it actually would be to take care of all these children. Um, but it does Sounds harder to me than like living the the yakuza life, <laughs> right? <to be> yeah. <laughs> so like, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting ju- juxtaposition against the start of the first couple games. Um, but as far as the slow start of the game, I could think you could argue that every yakuza game has like a a mm. solid three to four hour chunk at the beginning where it's really like, even though this game was more about you know helping out the kids and dealing with orphanage stuff and talking about land deals like in the past game it was it was about you know murder and intrigue but you really it's the phantom just, menace of yakuza right. game you weren't doing sub stories you were running from place to place and seeing a 10 minute cutscene and back and forth so i think it followed the formula pretty well just maybe the subject matter was less provocative so um it it projects itself as a slow start but i think it's it's fairly on point with what i've played in the other other games i think so too yeah you like kids, you two, at least. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All about the children we are. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed that as well. And uh, yeah, just, I thought it was, 
kind of sweet, you know. He's trying to help these kids with their day-to-day -day problems, getting bullied at school and everything. And uh, yeah, of course, it amounts to running from spot A to spot B and talking to person to uh, C and then to person D mm -hmm. and everything. But that's like Brian said, also fairly standard for the opening of these games. Yeah, Leah, how do you feel? I, oh, I loved it. I, I, yeah. um, I, I think that that probably speaks. At, at a basic level to like the fact that I just like checklist gaming. Like I, I like to, you know, yeah. go to go from place a to person B and complete a thing and get a check mark and have everybody go. Yay. And there's a <laughs> lot of that in the first few chapters of this game. Like it takes a little while for you to even get out of the orphanage, not to mention getting to Camarocho. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really um, enjoyed just dad Kiryu doing dad Kiryu stuff. Um, and, you know, you, you know that it's going to get into the the crazy Yakuza lifestyle in the city eventually on some level. How could it not? Yeah. yeah and, and it just, I, I don't know. I, I think it was nice to, to just kind of give him that, that little bit of a breather. And, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe you can't, maybe you're not, you know, collecting a, a loan from somebody well, actually, I think you do collect a loan from somebody because one of the kids, like, there's some side quest where one of the kids borrows money from one of the other kids. So, yeah. you know, you're using, you're using your skills in the way that you know how. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and like you say, Leah, um, yeah, the, you know that it's the, 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 the gang stuff is going to pop up again because it's already there brewing in the background, right? With these sure. cutscenes in between with Daigo Dojima and, uh, and that sort of thing. Um, and I also really enjoyed the juxtaposition of helping these kids out with their day-to-day -day problems and then, you know, rupturing a few, a few spleens and stomping some guts out Sometimes in the street. Sometimes while the kids and, are present. Yeah, causing permanent <laughs> spinal cheering in. in the background. Yay, Uncle Kaz! Yeah. You killed <laughs> yeah, that man! Causing term, a permanent spinal injury <laughs> by suplexing yeah. somebody onto a safety barrier and uh, that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, and what, what really got me, though, is like, I was all like laid back on Okinawa, and you, but as soon as you head over to downtown, everybody starts picking a fight with you again. I was thinking, like, even <laughs> here, okay, at this point, it's no longer the people around it. It's clearly Kiryu who's the problem, you know? Because <laughs> you get all these people talking about how ugly his face is and uh, that he makes him <laughs> sick. And, uh, and how old he is. Through Don't forget how, how old, old he is. is. Yeah, old man. Yeah. <laughs> and all that stuff. It's been one year since he yeah. ran the streets. I'm I mean, pretty I, sure he's, he's old, old and he's and... younger than all of us, except maybe Brian. But yeah. still. In Kamurocho, I kind of suspended my disbelief because it's a seedy place, you know, it's like a red light district kind of area with lots of shady figures walking around. But even like in downtown Ryukyu in, uh, on Okinawa, it's, uh, you, you still run into the same problems all the time. <laughs> what you going to do? Uh, Andrew Elmore from our forum says, most people these days tend to start the series with Zero, followed by the Kiwami remakes. And I agree, that's the way to go. However, it can be a bit jarring to shift immediately then to Yakuza 3, remastered or otherwise, given its comparative drop in scope and polish. I've known a few folks for whom this was quite a barrier indeed, but given the state of larger Japanese games at the time and the early days of the PS3 in general, not to mention the state of Sega's difficulties and much ground-up work the development team would have had to, to have done regarding both the engine and asset generation on the new hardware, and honestly, I think what they managed to achieve is astounding. It's difficult for me to talk about Yakuza 3 without talking about 4 and 5 because they form a loose trilogy of sorts and all feel like different acts in the same narrative through line to me. But suffice it to say, 
I love what they've done with the place, so to speak. Ultra dad mode Kiryu in permanent vacation attire running a quiet little orphanage on the beach down in Okinawa is an inspired mood. His character and personality really began to both deepen and broaden in this new context. Downtown Ryukyu is also a delightful change in scenery, shifting focus from the eternal nightlife of Kabukicho Roppongi in Kamarocho's setting to a smaller, more easygoing seaside town. It feels personal and cosy. In Kamarocho, helping random strangers in a side quest format feels like being a capital P protagonist in a particularly chaotic big city full of particularly strange strangers, and there's a tremendous value in that. But side quests in Ryukyu feel like Kiryu is something of an albeit hyper-capable everyman who's quite often simply helping his neighbours and supporting his community. You know, on top of all the other wacky happenings, of course. I love the new characters, the way all the larger threads start intertwining, the dramatic weight that comes along with Kiryu putting his old red and silver superhero costume back on to return to Kamarocho. And most of all, I love the way so much of the main story stays small in its stakes, at least for a while. Right, we got uh, an email, of all things, from, uh, from Chris Lane, who, uh, who actually gives us some nice little synopses of the characters who appear in, in some of the major players in this game uh, that I think give us nice little points to jump off on and talk about the, uh, their relative input into proceedings. So let's start with Chris's little uh, write-up of Kiryu in this one. He says, The Dragon of Dadjima. <laughs> Kiryu smiles in this game, not just a tiny smirk, but full-on displays of happiness. Until now, we've known him as a stoic, honourable ex-Yakuza who punches his problems away and who's been through no shortage of tough times. In Yakuza 3, we see a calmer, more mature and contemplative Kiryu. He's at peace on a lazy Okinawan island. He's a father figure to a group of orphans who he genuinely loves. When trouble finds him, his first instinct is to talk it out and find a peaceful resolution, only resorting to violence if the other person insists. <laughs> this is even reflected in his fighting style. Combat in Y3 is actually more precise, focused on heat generation and retention and controlling positioning of Kiryu and his enemies. He doesn't attack like a wild animal anymore. Instead, he's calm and methodical. Substories even have a different feel to them. Before, you feel like Kiryu is begrudgingly sucked into the crazy shenanigans of others. But here, Kiryu is open about his willingness to help. He's more available and on several occasions, he outright says things like, I better check on X to see if they're okay. His dad gene has truly activated. <laughs> My favourite thing about Papa Kiryu is that we see him mess up. Until now, Kiryu pretty much always said and did the right thing. When Ayako's money goes missing, he gathers up all the children with limited information and ends up turning them all on <laughs> each other. It's a disaster. Kiryu clears everything up shortly after, of course, but it was nice to see even the mighty Kiryu shaken by parenting. The greatest challenge of all. Yep. I would concur having <laughs> deliberately avoided doing it yeah um uh, two things about his email one he must um have more of a a handle on the combat than i did because i play every yakuza game like i'm a wild animal i'm just spamming <laughs> yeah, too, all yeah. the buttons just throwing every punch again using my heat gauges immediately as soon as they're built up um yeah but the second thing that he said uh, which i which is less funny and more true i think it is seeing kiryu vulnerable is definitely something you'd aren't used to from the first few games like he mm. is pretty much infallible like you said like a jesus superhero character you know like um in those first few games he i mean he loses people close to him he makes some mistakes in like uh 
deduction, like thinking he knows what a causing problem. But he, you never see him like making human errors, you know, like. Uh, Kiryu doesn't appear mm. to me to be the person who accidentally tried to put the shoe on the wrong foot. You know what I mean? Like, and the, and this kind of shows that side of him um, in a way that was refreshing and different. Which is probably why that beginning part of the game um, didn't put me off as maybe as much as it maybe did some other people. And also, he like he has he has friends now. <laughs> like he, I mean, he he sort of did in the other games, and and particularly with. Um, uh Nishiki? Nishiki, yeah um but that you know as you know went horribly wrong by the well kind yeah. of went horribly wrong by the end and then kind of redeemed and then kind of went horribly wrong and but you know um so not to, not to go off a tangent i'm not trying to interrupt you leah no that, please. in that relationship with nishikiyama we, we i wouldn't have known anything about that had i not played zero before yeah yeah so like, exactly that game really does yeah, create a... some context for that so mm-hmm. so i think in the if you're playing this in the context of when yakuza 3 originally came out like Kiryu was very much like, oh, this is his friend, and then an hour later, like he's the bad guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so I don't but know. Like, it, it was interesting to see him have like true friendship here. In a I way, just, I, I really loved they, and we we haven't mentioned him yet, but I really loved his relationship with Rikia. Uh, like, I just, I thought that was really sweet. Like, and and even, um, oh gosh, uh, who's what's uh Rikia's um boss's name, um. Nakahara. 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 Um, yeah, that that relationship too. Like these, I I liked these characters. Like they, they were not always good characters, capital G good characters, but mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they they seemed more believable and like they had more actual motivations and were just more likable to me than maybe some of the characters in the other games. Um, not all of them. I mean, there are definitely exceptions, and Majima's there through the whole thing, so that's always great. But um, yeah, I just I felt I felt like here you had more kind of human connections in this one, uh, yeah. even, even, like even beside his, the kids. Yeah, like even like you mentioned Majima, who I obviously love, but like even that he's like Majima is such a character of a character, character mm-hmm. of a character. Where like um, it's it uh, Rikia and is it Mikio or Nikio? I can't remember. Um, uh, Mikio. 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 Yeah. Um, he like those two guys are just like they're I mean they're gang members they're part of the they're introduced Yakuza. as as creepy yeah people aren't they? yeah, yeah exactly first, but yeah. they're but they're also just regular guys like which you don't see much in this series you know what I mean like mm. it seems like everybody who's involved with the, the Yakuza is either like a like a you know a boot licking lackey or like this overpowering a pervert exactly yeah a tiger wielding nut job yeah exactly they go to a diaper club for adult men to be fed with baby yeah. bottles like. There's all sorts of those things. And like these two guys and even Nakahara, who's just kind of like trying to raise his adopted daughter who, you know, had childhood trauma. Like they all just feel really human. And then yeah. you juxtapose yeah. that with going back to uh, uh, to Kamarocho. And then all of a sudden there's like, you know, Gary Busey from Lethal Weapon <laughs> attacking you. And like, you know, there's a Gatling gun on a helicopter. shoot. Like, like the whole the whole going to Okinawa, like. Like that whole area feels just more rooted in like our human reality than maybe the other mm-hmm. kind of cartoonish aspects. Well, th- what I was going to say is, yeah, that's part of that's kind of part of what I liked about that part is, you know, when after you kind of go through the whole getting to know the the local Yakuza thing and he's insisting this entire time, of course, here you is that. You know, he's not Yakuza. He's not actually involved with these people, but he is right. really. Yeah, I mean, he's course, still yeah. like he is there with them. But I mean, they are Yakuza. These these gentlemen are. But like 
when you go into, for instance, the the public market and you talk to some of the people there, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they help us out by doing this, this and the other. And they, you know, they really have and people seem to really like them. Like they're not just paying them protection money because they're scared of them or something like that. Like they they rely on them. No, they're kind of they're more like um, public servants almost. Yeah, I was going to say like a city right, council yeah. or something like, they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's they're not just, you know, guys who are going out for their own benefit. Like they they actually seem to care about their city and the people care about them. So. I thought that was kind right. of a, I, I, I mean, I guess you could, you could argue whether that's a good or a bad thing to be like saying, oh, hey, check it out. The Yakuza is not all bad, but, um, <laughs> you know, in, in this case, they're, they're really not, you know, they, they are part oh. of that organization, but they also, you know, are genuinely doing some good. And I, I thought that was, that was, it's a, kind a nice of, uh, it's kind of like the, the Robin Hood kind of principle, yeah. you know, these guys are like, uh, they're mm. just fill in the the blind spots where the government can't mean anything to people or can't do justice to people uh and they're like really uh th that whole trio is just a very lovable trio of ofi uh country countryside bumpkin gangsters you know so there are kids children um now a lot of games of course for Lots of reasons avoid having kids, even in otherwise realistic open worlds, uh, or they don't allow them to be hurt and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's still that you don't see other than uh, and actually, I think there are some there are some kind of kids wandering the streets of Camarocho. But of course, in in Yakuza's mechanics, you can't just randomly go up to people and punch them. So it kind of circumnavigates Probably that whole kind of, that exactly that whole kind of issue. Um, Chris uh, from his email says the new orphans everywhere mechanic. This is divisive. Some people feel too much time is spent with the children at morning glory, but I thought it was necessary and enjoyed it. The orphan stories were originally intended to be optional sub stories, but a creative decision was made for them to be part of the main plot. This was the right move for forging an emotional connection between the player, the kids and morning glory as a location. It's also vital for Kiryu's development we need to see how much he loves these children as his family so we feel so that we feel his anger when he's threat when it's threatened later on my daughter was born 9 months ago so i'm primed to appreciate story beats that are centered around children when riona was bullied for a burn on her arm i wanted to slap okada myself when mitsuo defended her i was proud of the kid when izumi was crying because she was being bullied at school i wanted to make sure she was cheered up when Taichi thought his dreams of being a wrestler were taken away, you could be damn sure I was on board with the wrestling match to cheer him up. I also loved that these feelings were matched by and followed through on by Kiryu himself. Yeah, that uh, that that whole wrestling story took a few uh, <laughs> sudden twists and turns. Yeah. Didn't it? Yeah. It, um, the the whole orphans, um, the orphanage children situation. It definitely creates for some of the more frustrating gameplay parts of the game where you're just running back and forth, just going, okay, find this. Okay, her allowance or her, her money was taken. This girl was saying she was taken for this. Oh, uh, where is um, uh, Hamura going at night? You know, it's just a lot of running around and just chasing the kids. Um, and that does create for some um, some gameplay kind of like blah moments. But as far as for Kiryu's character building i think it i think it pays itself off pretty well you know what yeah. i mean um 
And it certainly made me a little bit more emotional when when they just literally drive a bulldozer right through the goddamn oh, thing yeah. at the end of the game. Like <laughs> I um, hated those people. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it they they set me up to care about those kids. I also think that um and may I'm probably wrong here, but kid character models are always kind of strange. They always mm-hmm. just look like small adults. They don't look like kids. And these kids looked like kids. So mm. I think that makes it right. easier to believe. Like, like I just think of like Skyrim kids are just like are like <laughs> adult models at you know sixty percent scale. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. have like abs and stuff. You know, kids don't have abs. <laughs> you know, like like most adults don't have abs. But anyway, um, like th- this was it made it more believable because it was kind of a wide variety of kids and they all had their little different problems and they were interacting the way that kind of kids would interact. So. I think this is precisely the kind of detail that uh, these developers of the Yakuza series are, are very good at, you know, that they hone in on these kinds of details. Yeah. So Ricky, yeah. Uh, Chris says, while Nishiki, and was, uh, while Nishiki was Kiryu's original brother, I loved the dynamic. Of course, I guess this is Chris coming from the perspective of having played Zero first, which is what, yeah, the, as, uh, as, as we heard earlier, the perspective of many now, including several of us. While Nishiki was Kiryu's original brother, I loved the dynamic between him and Rikia. Starting off briefly as enemies, then as allies, before eventually becoming close friends, Rikia is one of the few people Kiryu learns to trust and rely on completely. Early on, Kiryu ditches Rikia Riki and Okinawa to keep uh, to both keep him out of danger, implying he wasn't cut out for what needed to be done, and to just keep him out of the way, implying he would slow Kiryu down. Later, Kiryu sends Rikia back to Okinawa, not because he needs him out of the way, but because he trusts him to defend Morning Glory against the land deal, while Kiryu takes care of things in Kamaracho. This is a relationship that's formed over two years with someone Kiryu saw nearly every day. As soon as Rikia spotted his old friend in Camarocho and completed his tattoo, I knew he was a dead man. <laughs> I bet that boat he was going to sell was called Live Forever, and he was just one day away from retiring. <laughs> Mendoza! He dies protecting Nakahara, another man who he respects, loves, and depends on. Kiryu openly cries here, something we've never seen before, showing the strength of the bond he formed with Rikia, as well as emphasising how compassionate Kiryu has become thanks to the connections he's formed with the people he loves. Yeah, it's like an older brother kind of relationship that he has with him, right? Seriously, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even to the... even like that, that. I didn't think about it like that, but you're absolutely right, McGill, because even like to the extent of like the way like older brothers will kind of like physically tune up younger brothers, but not really beat them up, <laughs> just kind of like keep them in line, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's, it was, it's interesting, not and that try, I'm suggesting that... try to ditch that, them sometimes. You see it with kittens and puppies, right? <laughs> right, they, yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. like... It's not like my older brother was ever actually beating the snot out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, but, sure. But you I keep remember him. Yourself. Like, he, but I remember him. You know, like do like they have that <laughs> back and forth relationship. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, even to the point of like what from when they first meet to like Ricky being I'm the captain and he's going to be the big fighter and and Kiryu just kind of puts him in his place to then he's he's not supposed to come to Camarocho, then he comes to Camarocho, and like it's just yeah. it is kind of even trying to ditch your younger brothers kind yeah of a, exactly kind of thing, yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's an astute yeah. observation but that that's 100 percent what that is yeah the whole beginning like when um <laughs> rikia realizes it i think way before kiryu does because he's following him around like a little puppy and calling him aniki which is as i understand it's kind of like a, a respectful like older brother, but kind exactly. of exactly. It's quite yeah. literally older brother. Uh huh. Yeah. So right. you know, and and at the beginning, Kiryu's like, "Don't call me that. I'm not your. I'm not your Aniki." You know, I did. But then by the end, he's still calling him that, and Kiryu's just kind of, "Yeah, okay, sure." 
Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I really like that relationship. I, I thought it was very realistically uh, portrayed and, uh, and I liked Riki as a character. Yoshitaka Mine, one of the first uh, of the antagonists we'll talk about. Yes. As usual, there's a rogues gallery of sorts of uh, various uh, people who get a big old title card explaining their position in the family, or whichever family it is. Chris, again, via this email, says he has all the elements of a compelling antagonist, but we only learn more about him towards the end. I like that his actions were motivated by a form of love and loyalty towards Daigo, and he was a compelling counterpoint to Kiryu, a fellow orphan, but one who grew up with no one to care about him. No Kazama, Nishiki or Yumi. He was all alone, which hardened him. He sees relying on others as weakness, calling the morning glory orphans Kiryu's victims. By contrast, Kiryu draws strength from the people he cares about. He understood the meaning and value of loyalty and honour, like Kiryu does, but his view is warped. Instead of protecting Daigo, he genuinely believes killing him would be the merciful thing to do. Kiryu being Kiryu, he gets through to Mine just in time for him to redeem himself, sacrificing himself and taking Andre Richardson with him, which was a satisfying conclusion for his arc. So I think this is where I'm going to uh, disagree just a little bit. Uh, I, I agree with the ending being pretty, pretty satisfying, but I, I just didn't think that Mine was satisfying as an antagonist because he really mm -hmm. doesn't. I mean, you see him early on in the story, but he doesn't take a place as an antagonist until very late on. I just yeah. didn't think that they really gave him enough time in that mm. particular context to make me care that much about him. Um, yeah, I, go, go I ahead, took Ryan. notes. I took notes while playing because I know it's been a while since I played, and um, and I, I rewatched some videos just to catch myself up. Like in that initial meeting when when Kashiwagi's having like the Tojo Clan meeting, Mine kind of comes across, across as like the level-headed one. And yeah, he's like the one that's going to stick with Daigo, stick with the plan. And Kanda and Hamazaki seem like kind of the the outliers. And then, of course, Majima is just the wild card. Um, but but yeah, I, like it was surprising to me. Like I would have bet that Hamazaki. Well, maybe Hamazaki ends up act, being the actual villain. He's the one that tries to gut Kiryu at the end. But um, yeah. Um, but like I was surprised that like I didn't think that you know. <laughs> these these always end with shirtless fights on the top of a building, right? Like I I thought for sure that was going to be against Kazama's brother, uh, not against Mine. And the way that kind of developed, I don't know if I would find that. I, I think that kind of uh, is uh, indicative, kind of my general criticisms with the games. That I I really don't think that the story here um, and the overarching general plot did a whole lot for me. And I think my my lack of interest in Mine is just kind of. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of a symptom of that. Well, we knew there was a traitor in the Tojo clan, right? And yeah. I think I thought Hamazaki and Kanda are too obvious. So I didn't mm. really see them as being the real ringleader. So my suspicion immediately went to Mine because he's he was just too... Too normal. <laughs> too normal and too, yeah. too level-headed, like you said. So I didn't really see it as any kind of... Uh, yeah, something that came out of nowhere. It was kind of like in my mind we were building towards that already. Right. When you when you're comparing it to Yakuza Kiwami two or Yakuza two, like from the very outset we knew that Goda was the bad guy, right? Like it was like it was telegraphed for you. He was the big bad. And then of course you get to the top of the building and there's gangs and that are guys who are from other gangs and there's a you know, like like but it does kind of telegraph like you always have this focal point of focal point of who is the antagonist? And we really don't have that throughout much of Yakuza 3. It's kind of, it like, it has this revolving door. It's the CIA, it's Kazama, it's um, 
it's uh conda right conda right yeah um yeah and uh but you never quite know and i think i just maybe didn't have enough time to garner the aggression towards him to really feel like it was a satisfying conclusion yeah but that wasn't also really uh an aggression it's more like they tried to reach an understanding at least kiryu did and of course then his uh righteous fists were the only thing left that he could <laughs> yeah. p- pound some sense into him you know so it, it wasn't also really that type of uh uh that type of rivalry that's true yeah i don't know maybe maybe my my issue with it wasn't so much that that he wasn't a satisfying antagonist but that they kind of almost spread the antagonist pool a little thin with mm. with Kanda and uh Hamazaki like they they were bad guys and they were really bad guys but then you don't get that much of them before it's I, this isn't like we've mentioned this isn't really as long a game as some of the other ones ended up being so i don't know maybe maybe it maybe it just wasn't centered enough for me i'm not sure what my problem was with yeah. him but yeah i i think the concept of mina was very interesting you know you could see him being a very cold-hearted sociopath psychopath even and some of his actions sort of alluded to that but uh yeah i think uh, he wasn't fleshed out enough he, he does bring you he, a head in done... a box late in the game he's he brings you a head in a box he, uh, <laughs> he 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 sticks uh he sticks a dinner knife in one of his man's hands and uh, yeah. that sort of thing but you could you could yeah there's not enough there for for you to feel particularly strong about him yeah, I, I think that maybe it's just now that you say that, Nikhil, that might just be a matter of preference for me then, because like yeah. I, when thinking about Yakuza antagonist, I really love like I love Kuze from Yakuza Zero, who literally rides a motorcycle shirtless through the sewers to attack Giryu. Like I like Kanda in this game because he literally you chase him up an entire hotel, you get to his room, you don't know where he is, and he's lurking in the hot tub like some sort of Jaws character and pops out <laughs> yeah, at you. Like, yeah, yeah. like I think I might just skew towards the more wacky like antagonist here because that's mm. kind of what maybe I'm looking for out of the Yakuza experience. So I think that's that's probably a big part of it. Right. Siyoshi Kanda already mentioned him. Chris Slane says as big a creep as he was a man, Kanda's aggressive, violent, and I think serves as an opposite to Rikia. He works closely with Mine, Kiryu's opposite, but the relationship between the two is cold, transactional and tenuous. A relationship that ends with Mine offering Kanda's decapitated head as an apology for his actions. Even Majima was surprised by this move. By contrast, Kiryu and Rikia trust, respect and are genuinely fond of each other, with one always watching the other's back. In the end, Kanda wasn't very significant to the plot, but he was an entertaining character all the same. He reminds me a lot of Shimano. Um... Uh, yeah, like physically from uh, you know Majima's old boss there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I the the scene of of chasing him through the hotel uh, sticks with me um, as one of the brighter moments of this game. Not because of the nature of it, obviously, but just because it's kind of like like kind of getting back to Yakuza brass tacks. You know, like <laughs> you're literally going through floor after floor, beating a bunch of guys up to find the bad guy. Like. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so some some of the more uh, moments with the personality that I personally enjoy from Yakuza came from the uh, the insertion of Kanda into those moments. Yeah, I agree. Hamazaki, Chris Lane says, at first Hamazaki seems like a big player in the shadows. We see him blackmail Majima of all people. Majima, 
A man literally called the Mad Dog of Shimano, which fails, of course, because Majima. He blows up a restaurant. He eats a raw chicken head with no regard for salmonella. He took over Yokohama from the snake flower triad, only to learn he's secretly in league with them, sowing the seeds of a plan that's four years in the making. We see him unleash the triad on Camarocho and cause mayhem. Then he disappears off screen. His family is massacred and we presume he's either dead, in hiding, or in hiding and waiting to get dead. That said, him stabbing Kiryu right at the end was a genuinely surprising moment for me, so he gets credit for that. I guess if I had to, like, predict how things were going to go when I was playing this, I probably would have figured, because they do say, like, after he disappears, there's, like, a, an exchange, and I don't even remember who actually says it, but they're like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's absolutely dead. He is definitely dead. I'm like, yeah. we didn't see his body. He's not dead, obviously. <laughs> no. So I guess I, I probably would have thought that maybe he would be the one to come back at the end, um, but not in the way that he did yeah i was i was mad when he stabbed kiryu and then after the credits you find out that kiryu's fine so i'm not really sure why they did that other than maybe they mm. forgot that he existed and had to do something with set him up right for the, the next game end. i guess yeah, yeah maybe that yeah. yeah it would have been interesting if, if they would have left uh that scene after the credits out because uh yeah. yakuza 4 starts with a different protagonist and kiryu yeah. only enters oh, quite really? late uh, late in there yeah so it would have been a quite sort of you know like a holding of tension like uh yeah yeah, yeah. and then making kiryu return in uh yakuza 4 more of a shock mm. lao kalong Chris says, he's not around for long, but I was genuinely happy to see him return. I always felt like he was a loose end from Kiwami. He was one-dimensional, but that worked for the kind of side villain he was. It was all about revenge on Kiryu, which makes sense given past events. And not to uh, channel our uh, Kane Rinse member, Rich Davison here, but uh, mm. the problem with uh, Lao Kalong being one note and kind of a loose end is the fact that he is like, very stereotypically Chinese. Yeah, there's like, nothing to him except for I'm the evil yeah, Chinese guy. Evil Chinese guy who who spins my like you know long staff with a knife at the end of it around and and does a bunch of fancy martial arts moves and then just gets killed by the Japanese guy yep. with a bullet to the head at the end. Uh, yep. So yeah, that was and if uh, you if you uh, pay attention to his enunciation as well, it sounds like he's speaking pretty badly, pretty bad Japanese yeah. as well. Oh you really? Know, he has some okay. sort of speech. He has some sort of speech impediment, it sounds like. Yeah. I can't remember how much we've got into it before, but um but yeah, it's uh it is a a, a recurring feature of, of the series, certainly at least up to this point, that uh the way the Yakuza team of writers depicts uh anyone who isn't from <laughs> Tokyo, basically, uh or Kyoto is uh is often somewhat problematic or at least very reductive. Finally, uh, on this, Andre Richardson and Black Monday. Chris says, I like the idea of politicians hopping into bed with the Yakuza. Some real life Yakuza members played Yakuza 3 and confirmed this happens in the real world with some politicians being former Yakuza members. That said, a rogue CIA unit involved in illegal arms dealing being lured into a trap set by the combined efforts of the CIA and Japanese government just didn't gel with the more personal nature of the rest of Yakuza 3's story. Andre himself felt bland and rushed a villain looking to sell weapons for profit. Profit In general, I felt like Black Monday and Richardson were just there, especially as we only really learn about them very late in the game. Yeah, because there needs to be a foreign threat. And uh, it's funny that uh, if you read the uh, 
review done by actual Yakuza of Yakuza 3, Yakuza 3 uh, with uh, Jake Edelstein, they actually co- comment on that plot like, yeah, that is just taking it too far. The rest feels pretty dead on, pretty accurate with the, uh, you know, politicians getting in bed with Yakuza, but the CIA plot is just too far-fetched, as people <laughs> were saying. <laughs> Right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about more about the visual side of things. Uh, so, as I say, we we talked a little bit about the comparison coming off the back of the Kiwami games. Um, and I've talked a little bit about seeing the game in 2009 on import on PS3 and thinking it looked pretty cool. Uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, state of the art necessarily, but it was uh, it was of the of the times certainly it looked uh it looked like a 2009 game on on ps3 which is you know what we were we were excited about back then all those years ago uh, so the original game runs at 1024 by 768 so 720p effectively supports a 1080 upscale and targets 30 frames a second but often doesn't reach that target the remaster is uh, 1080p um, I don't know if you can run it in higher resolutions on PC, but it's no, certainly. I talked to Ryan no. Heyman, uh, excuse me, Ryan Joe oh, okay. about it um, because he had been he had been messing with the mm. Game Pass versions on PC, and uh, apparently, right. Kiwami One and Two and Yakuza Six, all in the same engine, do get that boost, but Three, Four, right. and Five are locked. Um, okay. For that. Yeah, and target 60 frames, which it hits the vast majority of the time, but has a few little weird stutters and here and there I found, but nothing. Most of the time, the gameplay is uh, is obviously uh, a very smooth 60 frames a second. So we've had this weird thing where we've come from uh, different, yeah, so like Kiwami 1 was 60 FPS, Kiwami 2 was back down to 30, and now we're on 3 playing at 60 again. Um, and yeah, because this is just an upscale of the original PS3 game rather than a Kiwami kind of full-blown, not ground up, but uh, more comprehensive remaster we're looking at um, 2009 era assets. So I guess uh, just, yeah, the environments, the atmospherics and all that kind of thing, just uh, from from the point of view of coming off the back of Kiwami 2, everything is a kind of visual downgrade. But for all that, it still looks perfectly fine. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, still, I still think um, it looks, I, you can you can tell that it is not necessarily a brand new game, but I think that it looks perfectly fine. Uh, I, I, I thought that the... Uh, the graphics and kind of the just the character models the animations everything looked looked pretty nice i did not have any problems with it that Mm. way um so mikhil you've come off you've come from ps2 to ps3 and obviously you are aware of what state of the art 2022 graphics look like but somewhat yeah somewhat yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) when you're not when you're not developing your own game um but uh but yeah so you've got that as we've said that very different kind of leap um whereas we've we've taken perhaps a backward step in in many ways coming from kiwami 2 on the same platform or platforms you've gone from you've gone up a generation from the the old sd generation yeah to the to the the relatively early days of the hd yeah generation well it's certainly more you know you it's it's like you when we first made the jump from uh the playstation 2 generation to the playstation 3 generation it's like uh it's it's an incredibly noticeable step up in graphical fidelity uh well that said i also really liked the way that the ps2 games looked like they had a lot of atmosphere to them with a certain haziness and use of bloom and certain scenes with with rainfall and everything how that looked 
so they had a lot of charm for me as well. Um, but yeah, you know, like you said, if you compare it to 2021, 2022 graphics, uh, you see a lot of rough edges still. So that that is definitely there. But yeah, all in all, the glass was definitely half full for me. Veronica Jane from our Patreon says, after playing Judgment last January, I decided that 2021 was going to be the year I got into Yakuza and played every yes. game. <laughs> <laughs> after blazing through Zero, Kiwami and Kiwami 2, you can imagine my shock when the day after finishing 2, I started 3 and discovered that remastered did not mean the full Kiwami treatment. My beloved Kamarachu now looked like it was made of cardboard. After the initial graphical shock wore off, I ended up becoming quite fond of Yakuza 3. The beach town setting of Okinawa was a refreshing change of pace, and I found all of Kiryu's new beach Yakuza friends to be fun, a fun addition to the cast. And while the plot was just as convoluted and nonsensical as always, there was now a clear, understandable motivation. I need to save the orphanage. The one thing I think this game was really missing was a dramatic John Wick or God of War 2018 style scene where Kiryu has to go down into the basement to dig up his old Yakuza suit. They kind of do that, though. Like, he does, obviously, it's not, like, the dramatic, mm. you know, type that, that they're referring to here. But, like, you know, there is that, that moment where he switches out of his Hawaiian shirt and he's going to go to the <laughs> airport and he's like, all right, yeah, got to suit yeah. up. And then he shows up and he's in this silver suit with the red shirt again. Um so yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. But uh... music-wise, uh, composed by Hidenori Shoji, Kentaro Koyama, Takehiro Kai, Hiroshi uh, Kato, Yoshio Tsuru, and Hideki, Sa Hideki Sakimoto, includes a track, uh, or at least in the original version, by Love Sound System. Um, two karaoke minigame songs are included. Just the two in this one performed by uh, the voice actors for Kazuma, Takaya, uh, Takaya Kuroda, and Rie Haruka Sawamura. Uh, sorry, Rie Kugi, Kugimiya is the actor for Haruka. Uh, oh, I didn't know. So she sings a song, does she? I didn't. I never took her to. I guess probably while you're in the city with her, you can take her to. Uh, uh, I didn't do that, but that I makes sense. I can't remember when that oh, happens, no, no. Um, but yeah, she definitely does. She's humming cool. too at one point. I believe that's a song that like is on the. Right. I believe. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, the soundtrack also includes three songs by Japanese rock music artists, Eikichi Yazawa, exclusive to the Japanese version, as they were removed from the Western versions due to licensing issues. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about the music for Yakuza 3. Does anybody? No, unfortunately not, which is kind of sad because I love the other many of the other soundtracks but this one i mean it was fine i didn't have anything against it but that's the thing though it was fine it didn't really inspire any strong emotions in me so i feel like every other yakuza or yakuza adjacent game i've played like like the battle music they've all kind of and and kind of the interstitial music they've followed some sort of thematic element like like yakuza 7 believe it or not has a lot of uh dubstep in it but it like somehow fits um without <laughs> being ridiculous uh, i mean by being ridiculous it fits i guess um but um but yeah this one didn't have a lot of personality for me i mean i can we we mm. lee and i talk about the hostess minigame song a lot from yakuza kiwami and kiwami 2 um but and yakuza 0 but it, there was nothing here that quite did it for me in any particular way no 24 hour cinderella fail no nothing Mikil. <laughs> no it's yeah it's all all pretty 
falls pretty much uh, <laughs> in line with what you expect, right? All those composers and so little for us to say about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. The, you know, nothing too grating, so I guess they uh, they were capable enough. Yeah, I think, again, coming... Uh, if I'd just played the, the two PS2 games and then coming to this one, maybe I'd be sort of more impressed by the variety and volume and fidelity of the music, but coming off the back of the Kiwami Zero and the Kiwami games, you're missing all the little jingles and stuff that they kind of added to the series as it went on the sort of funny that's the end of the side story song yeah <laughs> and the, the ridiculously emotional uh kind of bits that accompany some of the uh the outpourings of emotion from the sub story characters and things like that uh sound design wise well again um it's uh i would say it's you know it's fine it sounds satisfying enough when you punch someone but there's obviously there's less audio work here than there was in the in zero and the kiwami games uh it's kind of less sophisticated going back to the 2009 build and this remaster um again i don't know what to say it it does the job i guess yeah there's nothing um audio wise in this game i think that is standout in which is uh disappointing because um well maybe not disappointing but maybe just shows the difference between the Kiwami versions of the, uh, and Yakuza zero, um, uh, of the quality of the sound in those games, as opposed to these remasters, just because like, even things like the, like the ongoing bustle of city life behind you in this game, they were just a little more muted, a little less personality, a little less, you know, chiming in from passersby. And, um, so it did just kind of like it landed flat, but I don't think it's necessarily a criticism of this game and maybe just more a uh, characteristic or um, uh, a symptom of me having played only the Kiwami versions first than this. Uh, I I will say, um, I guess this is kind of related to sound design would be that I, I appreciate that the voice actors for some of the key characters are the same, including Kiryu. Um, what I don't appreciate is some of, some of the, interjections and the one i'm thinking of in particular is if you are traveling with rikia and you run away from him <laughs> yeah. he will just yell Aniki! at you again yeah. and again and again. <laughs> i'm like i'm not slowing down for you dude you need to hustle um yeah. yeah that's that's really all i've got on sound design uh, it was not not anything that stood out for me personally well, let's get into the gameplay then. Uh, again, I feel, feel like I'm going to be repeating myself a bit, but obviously, uh, again, it seems to be a, a common theme for plenty of players who have discovered the series later that they've they've gone from Zero and the Kiwami games to the third game. And we'll have that different perspective from uh, from Mikhail, who's come from PS2 to PS3 era. Uh, the locations yeah feel a little bit simpler there's uh, there's kind of less geometry and less detail to the to the open world um but i think the thing that will strike many as being what feels like a, a kind of limitation compared to what they might already have experienced is the the actual combat uh, there's there's one video which uh, i watched in in preparation for this show uh from youtube called uh should Yakuza 3 remastered have been Yakuza Kiwami 3? And I, uh, going into that video, I thought it was going to be more about like because of all the features and the mini games and, and all that stuff. But actually the biggest, their biggest bugbear was the the sort of the the relatively simplistic combat and character 
progression systems compared to to what they were used to from from the more recent games i don't know how do you each feel about this uh, well let's start with Mikhail going back so going forward from the first two games to the exciting new era yeah it's pretty much an evolution from the first two games you know so you, yeah from what i understand of the games that you guys have played you've got all these like different stances and styles and uh, that's and it the likes. so yeah and it's just more it's more technical it's much it's more it's deeper it's more like a it's more like a virtual right. fighter or something so yeah i don't i didn't have those uh, misgivings it just felt like yakuza combat a little bit dumb you know there's there's some hidden nuances to it uh that mm. you know allow you to take less damage so it's not like you know you're just yeah. going to have to soak up damage uh there's a little bit of dodging and repositioning but you, you you're just run into fights where enemies are a lot more aggressive all of a sudden you know like uh they'll start they'll start yeah. they start keep on stealing on you when you're working on one guy the other other guys That's are getting it. behind you and start stealing on you that was this video's main yeah. critique was the it doesn't follow the old bruce lee movie kind no, of no uh, exactly the, the cliche but it's but uh, it's case the, by case also some battles are ridiculously easy and some battles are yeah. surprisingly annoying you know where where that happens some enemies have a super kind of yeah non-stop dodging situation some enemies never let their guard down but i like what they did with uh, the upgrade system in the sense that you can uh, invoke certain statuses on your enemy so when you reach certain power levels enemies start getting scared if you uh if, if you're down yeah. to the last two guys and the other guy will just start cowering away and running away from yeah. you and you know there's there's, there's yeah, it's it's pretty much an evolution, and there is some nice additions in there. Uh, and um, I also liked how uh, countering seemed to work a lot better for me than in the latest game, in the last game mm -hmm. on the PS2. So especially during one-on-one -on -one boss fights, uh, it was uh, I started to feel like I had more of a handle on not taking damage and just you know being more reactive and dodging out of the way and countering and opening them up and. Uh, you know, punishing with punishing moves from the from my opponents and that sort of thing. So you will have also appreciated some of the technical advances, uh, which again would have been either less of a big deal or or even not a step forward for those of us playing it in the other sequence. But exactly. Things like seamless battle. Yeah. Uh, so in the PS2 versions. Yeah. You had a loading. Yeah, screen a, bla a black screen fight. with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the enemies, and then you're in this arena. And here, that's it. here it's just, yeah, it, 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 you just, you stay in the moment. Yeah, that's a huge upgrade, isn't yeah, it? So, sure. yeah, Conte context is hugely important to this. Yeah. Brian, uh, you, oh, sorry, go. No, go, Leah. I didn't feel like the combat was a huge downgrade. It was just more simplified than maybe we were used to from the Kiwami games, um, because as, as, as was mentioned, there aren't any stances. It's it's pretty straightforward combat, um, just about combos and and unlocking the the things that you want from the um, upgrade. They're not even really upgrade trees. They're just kind of upgrade paths, I guess. Yeah. Um. Just, and that yeah. that I think that was Very probably basic. the biggest thing that I missed was uh, I really like from zero mm. that particular upgrade system where you can kind of branch out and and customize a little bit more. Yeah, it's RPGs, yeah. wasn't it? Final Fantasy style almost. This yeah. is not uh, not the same. It is very no. straightforward. Uh, there are four things that you can invest your points into, and that's it. And, and that's fine. Yeah. It works. It's uh, that that was the part that maybe felt a little 
not even just a, not even necessarily a downgrade. Just uh, it it felt a little lacking to me. The combat itself, once I uh, got used to the fact, which did not take long, that because I often used uh, one of two stances, I didn't change it up too much. Um, but uh, mm. it, it I I thought that the combat was perfectly serviceable. It was fine. Um, it did what I wanted it to do. And there's as always some really truly horrifying heat actions that you can yeah. do to people i felt uh going from yakuza 2 that there were uh it seemed that i had less heat actions i could perform actually uh yeah there was le less right. less uh environmental interaction and, and things like that yeah and, it, and also i didn't always get a heat action when i was holding a weapon uh you know it was like or certain objects didn't give me a, mm. a heat some action. of them it seemed like, like they were contextual like you had to be in a certain position relative to yeah exactly whoever you were attacking yeah it's a bit more pernickety yeah. i think uh i also absolutely hated the press uh, repeatedly pressed the r2 button to charge up during dramatic moments of a fight <laughs> uh, yeah. of all the of all the buttons to choose yeah uh, that was about the least comfortable, especially on a PS3 <laughs> controller. Yeah, but, uh, serious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Usually, um, if you are, um, you know, I I usually was uh, quite well stocked up on heat from uh, drinking my energy drinks and and that sort of thing. So it it, it didn't usually take a lot of pressing for me to get yeah, into that right. mode here. Yeah. Brian, you say you're a you're a bit of a button masher when it comes yep. to these games, and I I am to an extent. Dent, although actually this game because of some of those more block happy dodge happy enemies i did start to kind of just think a bit more about what combos were going to break them out of these yeah. situations and stuff like that but um but the actual number of moves i used throughout the game was pretty limited yeah i'm kind of a um i mean i did play on xbox but but I, I speak controllers in terms of PlayStation. I'm kind of a square, square, triangle kind of brawler. You know what I mean? Like yep. light, light, heavy, light, light, heavy. And uh, this game didn't change square, much Square, 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 triangle also works pretty well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. square, <laughs> square, square, hold triangle sometimes. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, I didn't really change much up here. Uh, what I did find, though, uh, and this kind of, sp kind of speaks to your point about how some dodge happy, some kind of, uh, McKeel, I believe, said that, enemies had a tendency to get behind you a little bit more attack you at the same time is i just kind of took a few more staminans and um and torners yeah. with me um and yeah. then and really <clears throat> the thing that so we talk about this a lot over a bunch of different podcasts how like in a lot of games you become uh, we were talking about it a ton in the final fantasy series where like you'd have all these items and you just wouldn't use them you just wouldn't use them you know and yeah. then you'd end the game with like you know 22 elixirs that you never use and, yes. <laughs> uh Yakuza's is I am anti that. Like if at one moment like I am just a sliver outside of my heat energy gauge being filled up, mm. I'll waste an entire torn or getting that thing up. Like I like I, yeah. I treat it differently for whatever reason. I'm not quite mm. sure why. So I was just maybe less combat conscious and more item conscious. Like, oh, I think I'm gonna yeah. be going to a place where I'm gonna fight a bunch of guys. Let me run by a popo shop real quick. Run it kind of always up. tells you to do that as yeah. well doesn't it like it the, even a taxi driver will give you a friendly warning like uh, you know like are you sure you want to go here without <laughs> yeah. Yeah. going yeah. to the shop oh, you're, wink, wink. you're yeah. going to the children's yeah. park huh oh you know i mean there's gonna, there's gonna be some bad stuff happening there so. <laughs> take some sweets <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I found that uh my inventory was pretty much maxed out yeah. with 
energy drinks. Let's use the shorthand for the entire game. Uh, and of course, what what they do is when you're in the kind of combat zone, they pretty much leave what is probably the minimum you're going to need lying around. So you can actually turn up to these places without sure. any stuff and possibly muddle your way through. Uh, I don't know if any of you played on a different difficulty. I just played on normal as I always do. I actually yes, played on uh, easy. Uh, I usually do that because I'm yeah, not here for the challenge yeah. normally. I'm just here for no, the, sure. the craziness. The craziness. I played, I played yeah. Yakuza 0 on easy because I found myself struggling um, on normal difficulty at first, but I don't think I really knew what the game was. I, I replayed it yeah, again on yeah. normal and, and had had a decent time, so I played the rest on normal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I did think about playing on easy just because, yeah, I, I just wanted to play this one through, see this, the, the latest chapter and have some fun. But I just, I don't know, I just stuck to normal because I was, yeah, basically doing okay. And I thought maybe it would force me to treat some of the fights a bit in a slightly more interesting way because it does take quite a lot longer to whittle down some of the boss's enemy bars on, on normal, I found. I, I don't know how much it affects their AI. Yeah, though. what I will say is that um, I, I, I mean, the... the kind of general fighting uh, in the streets <laughs> that you that you do uh, <laughs> was pretty much a series of pushovers but the the yeah. boss fights uh, even on easy they still do a fair amount of the yeah. constant blocking and the dodging and yeah. you know the right. counterattacking and everything i i imagine it's more difficult or at least they have more health on normal uh but it's not it's not completely mm you know kitty mode if you go for easy there's there's still sure. a bit of yeah. strategy to be had yeah i was happy to see on uh on normal coming off of uh, yakuza 2 that uh there weren't really bosses with gigantic health bars that seemed to go on and on and on forever anymore not too many i think no. four layers maybe five was uh, the yeah. maximum yeah Chris Lane on uh, from email says i don't often put a game on easy mode but i did that here the combat felt broken and imbalanced at first. Most games feature a combat management AI to stop the player getting overwhelmed in group fights, but that didn't seem to be the case here. Multiple enemies can attack at once, which is okay if you can defend from multiple angles, but you can't. Kiryu can only defend against frontal attacks with no easy way to snap to another direction. Many enemies were turtles in impenetrable shells, blocking every attack and leaving tiny windows of vulnerability. And don't get me started on enemies with stun guns or good old-fashioned kill guns. Combat becomes bearable if you unlock the Komaki techniques. Tiger Drop is a hell of a counter. And invest in custom weapons and equipment. Custom weapons can be repaired and offer longer rush combos, making it easier to break through enemies' guards, while custom equipment other offers buffs for generating and retaining heat. I realised all of this far too late to put it into proper practice. I could have soldiered through on normal difficulty for the end of the game, but by then I was content to carry on in easy mode. Thank mm. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I think uh, also maybe it's my playing style with these games up until so far, but I rarely block anyway because people, you know, enemies will bust, bust out uh, um, like uh, guard, guard breaking attacks and, and things yeah. like that. So that's why... I never, uh, yeah, I don't get frustrated with the blocking too much. It's, I tend to just move around a lot and dance around a lot and use mm. use the lock on dodge a lot. So, yeah, it's uh, I, yeah, it, it was for some reason it wasn't that frustrating for me. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I certainly didn't. You know, I, I played it through on normal, and um, I didn't. I didn't get game over too many times. I think yeah. uh, I did take a screen cap of my uh, final stats at the end of the game, and I, th- I think maybe there was one or two game overs. But uh, yeah, generally, if you take enough, if you take enough drinks to a fight, yeah, you'll, be, exactly, you'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like real life. Eventually, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Even if you're not, yeah. Even if you're only chipping away for a lot of the time, but yeah, as I say, I did. I, I was moved to to try a few different things. The the guys I really hate in these games actually are the ones who stand at the end of uh, corridors oh, with, with, yeah. with chairs, sofas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just holding an like just holding like a lounge chair over their head, ready to yeah. bash you with it. The worst. What what yeah. really uh, I found helped with those guys, and, and for the most part, because they don't. Is it a gun? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, you could. You definitely could do that. But uh, eventually, <laughs> you unlock a heat action that, if you hit it at mm. the right time, you will take. You you basically kick them in the stomach, take the couch or whatever from oh. them, and hit them with it. Um, oh, nice. I did not yeah, know that. It's, it's very. It's a very narrow timing window. I kind of discovered it by accident, but um, but yeah, that's that's a solution a thing right. that you can do, and it's very satisfying when it works. <laughs> I I kind of rushed. Through the game as well because I was conscious of uh, of the time. Yeah. Um, so um, I missed out on the Komaki techniques, for example, and mm. I wanted to get into the uh, custom weapons thing, but I just never really got around to it. Same. Um, they don't surface yeah. it very there's well, a... in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think this this sort of speaks to the fact that like. The, that stuff is really only in there for your own Enjoyment. amusement yeah. and pride because would, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do it, but I think you do probably need it if you want to make the combat more enjoyable rather than as straightforward yeah. as we probably played it. And maybe beat it on the harder exactly. day. So, yeah, exactly. But here's the cool yeah. thing about the game. Uh, I did rush through it, but this is the first one that I know of that actually allows you, after completing the game, to go back in there uh, and just explore mm. with all your stats and uh, all your strength that you moved up until, you know, uh, that you that you achieved at that point. Yeah, they added this in the Kiwamis and the and Zero. So it so those of us playing in that order, yeah, we we already we were used first to it. But I guess this is where, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if this is where they first right. Did. So if I want to learn the Komaki techniques and try to get more into that and just you know pick yeah. fights in the streets, I can do that at least. Yeah, and and hundred percent the game, yeah. right? Because there's yeah, yeah. That's, that's what there's a lot. I of really that. think this game, or maybe just the series, is the perfect like like prototypical argument for the difficulty in video games uh, conversation that nobody wants to have. Because this game, <laughs> it it really is just from a pure enjoyment perspective. Like if you are here for the story and the wackiness and all that stuff, there there's easy mode and there's normal mode that that won't challenge you too much. But if you really want to get nitty gritty into the combat, into the weapon making, mm-hmm. you have the, yeah. the Kabaki techniques, you have the custom weapon, you have the harder modes, you have the the combat challenges that unlock afterwards. It really does oh, kind yeah. of allow you to enjoy it from whatever perspective you want to come from. And I think that's just so yeah. rewarding and cool because like so many games yeah. like on well, that, maybe not as much anymore, but like you're kind of pigeonholed to enjoying it this one specific yeah. way. And this game yeah. really does kind of give you that yeah. option and it doesn't punish or reward you for doing it anyway. Right. It just kind of lets you do what you want to do. And yeah, yeah. I think that's really neat. Players are different and come to games for different reasons and have different amounts of time and different fine motor skills and levels of hand-eye coordination. And so there's reason, yeah, there's good reasons to, uh, 
allow people to play games the way they want. And yeah, uh, I suppose, again, we we often, obviously, those of us who podcast for Kane and Rince tend to be people who have multiple formats and hundreds of unplayed games and whatever. But if you are that person who doesn't buy that many games uh, and you're or you're, you're just somebody who's very focused on something, you could spend a lot of hours uh, maxing out the enjoyment from a game like this. I just appreciate a game of any of any uh, genre, really. If they do have difficulty levels, please let me change the difficulty level mid-game if I want to. Just please, yeah, please, sure. please. It's a modern modern uh, feature yes. that's probably come into uh, regular circulation in the last five-plus years. Mm. Um, but yes, in the old days. But anyway, days. this game does oh, no. let you change, and, and I this appreciate game that is where yes. I was going with that. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I missed again from coming from the back of the more recent Kiwamis is the eating and drinking, which is something I just enjoy in these games because, I don't know, it's that kind of virtual digital tourism thing. As I've said before in these shows, I have been to Japan, albeit it was now 15, 16, 17 years ago. Um, but I still have very strong memories because it's quite unlike anywhere else I've ever been, the, the most kind of far from home and exotic place I've ever been. And um and these games really do capture the atmosphere for me so so well even though this game yeah perhaps because of the context doesn't quite sort of sell the feeling of being there as much i still wanted to go into the various eateries and and do all that stuff you can't order more than one item in one go in most of these places so you can't do the fun thing of checking off the lists in big by eating ridiculous amounts yeah of food. i missed that it's too. really disappointing i thought maybe i was doing something yeah. wrong and then i'm like nope nope you just no. can't do that <laughs> I mean, you can go. No, you can turn around and no, go right back in, or if it's someplace like a yeah. Smile Burger, you can continue standing at the counter while you eat stuff. But it's not quite the same <laughs> until you're yeah. full, and then it says, "I can't eat anything." Oh, they solve that yeah. in the uh, Judgment Games. You can yes. buy a perk called Bottomless Pit, and you can just oh, eat for yeah. days. Well, it's there's the a there's a an item, or maybe I, I think it's an item, or maybe it's a perk in uh, of what's his name, Bob. Uh, uh, the the clown guy that yeah I know the guy yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Kiwami games or maybe it's in zero or maybe it's in both I don't remember but there there is in prior in at least one prior game a perk that you can get that does the same thing for Kiryu you can eat even when you're full aha uh -huh. yes I'm pretty sure I did that in, in <laughs> yeah because I I definitely heads. did that on the completion list uh, in other games and I did not yeah. in this one because of that that very reason. Does this game actually, I don't actually know if it gives you XP for finishing restaurants. Uh, it does. <laughs> eating everything. Uh, well, I don't know if it gives you anything right. for finishing them. It I gives you them it. for uh, for eating. Using yes. them. So yeah. I, I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, yeah, I wanted something for, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but yes. Um, sub stories uh, in the Eastern releases, the main story is complemented with 103 unique side stories called sub scenarios. Uh, divided into two classes, Mission and Hitman. There are 103 standard missions, some of which are made up of different episodes and 20 Hitman sub-scenarios. 15 of these Bounty Hunter side stories are located in Kamurocho and the remaining five in Ryukyu. I did my usual thing of uh, taking on sub-stories as they presented themselves. If I saw some arrows on the map, I'd go to them and, and get involved for a bit, partly with a view to seeing more of the content partly with a view to getting xp but i didn't necessarily uh i certainly didn't do any of this hitman stuff did anybody i did yeah. um yeah, me too. i yeah. don't think i finished it because i think mm. that the last one I, I i don't think i triggered the last one or two that you can do but i did most mm. of them um 
they give you a lot of money. I had so much money by the end of yeah. that game. I didn't know what oh, to do with it. Oh, right. Yep. That's um, but yeah, I mean, basically they are, they're, they're another variety of sub story where you, uh, there is a, a place called the Honest Living Association, which is <laughs> a, an organization that uh, is for uh, former Yakuza members to assist them in, to, in like getting reacquainted with society and not living a life of crime, basically. Um, and there are assassins who are trying to prevent this and who are causing problems. And so you have to go assassinate the assassins, except you're not really assassinating them. You're beating them down and then dragging them into the Honest Living Association to rehabilitate them, which... I mean, it's something. <laughs> Enforced rehabilitation. Yeah, yes. I think yeah. they just they just banned that in Canada. <laughs> you, you beat them down, and then you call, I don't remember what his name is, you call the guy from the HLA, and he's like, okay, I'll be right there. And yeah, then he comes yeah you pick him up. up. It's like a yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No matter where you are, you can be on top of a building, you could be in a sewer, you could be in a back alley. He's going to come and get you. Just stay where you are, hear you. I'll <laughs> take you to the boss. Um, like Nemesis. I, I didn't... I, I'll... I'll say that I think the sub stories were maybe my biggest disappointment in this game because they mm. were really something positive for me in the other games. And here they just kind of felt yeah. lacking a little bit. They they weren't really as engaging for me. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I just I, I, I didn't find myself I, the bounty hunter stuff. Honestly, was probably the best part of it. Um, but and this breaks my heart to say, I didn't like the hostess mini game in this one. Yeah. Oh, and that was it wasn't the most good. disappointing thing. I mean, it's, it's I, not I a, it's like, not mm. in a PS3 uh, version. Oh, not the, at all. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Western PS3 release. It took all of that out. Uh, yes, it's not. It's, it's not. Yeah. I mean, in some of the other games, it's more like a almost a diner dash style thing where it's like a you know a time management and resources and everything. Yeah. Here it's you dress your you you find you find a girl you say hey I think you should be a hostess you bring her back to your club you dress her up mm -hmm. and you have to walk around the club to hear what people say they want like if they want mm. a sophisticated girl if they want a fun girl and then you have to try and guess what that means and dress your girl up in that way and then send <laughs> her out and see if you didn't well I just failed completely and I only ever found one hostess. I don't know if I just missed them or whether you have to do something with the first hostess before more of them will come out. But yeah, I, I don't know. I never got no, very I, far into it. I tried and I did not like it. So that I was sad. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I after playing uh, the last few games, like sub stories are the things I look forward to the most in these games now. And like I love like the weird side, you know, tangents they can take. There are a couple good ones in here. There's one where uh, Kirio gets like, like there's a movie crew that the star just quit, and like they're like, "Hey, you look like an action star, and you got to go, and you got to like, put, like say dialogue that you think would fit in an action movie." That's pretty good. And there's yeah. one where there's a, there's a um like a, a wild animal smuggling ring that's going on in that oh, public yeah. <laughs> market. Um, I thought that one was all right. Um, but but like just nothing really that memorable or that wild. Um. And and that's kind of where the wacky of Yakuza come like shines or in those sub stories, and it just felt like this one felt fell flat for me. I agree with that. Yeah, and I did a lot of them. Like I kept waiting. Yeah, oh, like, yeah maybe these too. are gonna get better, and they kind of mm. didn't. Um, so aside but from a few, there's uh, achievements for them. I think I want to say I completed eighty of them. I think yeah, I, got I did that too. One. Yeah. Wow. I think that was the last one I got before I was yep. just like I'm not doing anymore. Yeah, um, same here. 
I did the uh, hometown girl sub story, I think. Uh, you know, which was uh, yeah. So there's uh, six of them are kind of marquee ones with higher production values, with cinematic scenes mm. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that's the one, and that fleshes out Ricky Amor as a character, which was uh, mm. which was decent. Not particularly fun to do. You know, you just follow this girl all around town, and then uh, yeah, beat up the people uh, that she uh, has a problem with, or you don't even beat them up. I think it's just. More or less seeing Ricky, I tell them off and then they run off, yeah. Until that final yeah, fight. I, I did a few of them. Uh, the one that I didn't do that I meant to go back to because I actually thought it was quite interesting is the one It reminded me of the start of uh, Fahrenheit or Indigo Prophecy was the Murder at Cafe Alps. Yeah, I triggered that one, but I didn't to... get past. No. Like, right. the, I, I think the, the prompt that I had or have, I guess I could still go back and do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Was like, go talk to everybody about the case. And I tried talking to the lady outside who was handing out things. She's like, I don't want anything to do with you. And I said, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wondered how that played out because it had a whole kind of diet, like a, you know, a sort of uh, diagram on screen kind of yeah. showing. And I thought it might have got quite interesting and involved, but I don't know how it plays out. Speaking of diagrams, um, I, I forgot about <laughs> this, but. Um, yeah, this is actually something kind of interesting, and I'm curious if it's in the PS3 version as well. Um, you can get like a sort of family tree thing um, that's in the menus that just shows you who all the characters are and how they're connected. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I, I looked at that a couple of times and just thought that it was neat because, I mean, there's a lot of characters in these and some of them mm. are um, don't show up for very long and some of them you might not know as much about if you haven't played the previous game. So I thought it was kind of a cool touch to have that in there. Soap opera handbook. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Fernando Antuneth from our Patreon says, given the somewhat lukewarm comments I'd heard about Yakuza 3, I was trepidatious to start the next entry and what has become one of my favourite series of all time. The constantly blocking enemies and Kiryu's sluggishness while in combat and also when roaming out on the streets made me think that those comments were right on the money. But as the game progressed, so did my enjoyment of it. Yes, the approach to combat is very different than in previous installments, and the stiffness of being the first series first uh, sorry the series first foray into the PS3 can still be felt in the HD remasters. But at its heart, this is still a worthy entry on the Yakuza series that expands on the legend of the Dragon of Dejima and brings a couple of interesting and memorable characters like Rikia and Nine. While I do think Yakuza 3 is one of the weaker games in the series, at least from the ones I've played. I'd encourage anyone to stick through it as it does get better and it has some really standout moments. As always, as I mentioned in the uh, the little description of the game, mini games play a part, or at least they do in theory. Uh, I spent the least time with the mini games in this of any of the games that I've played so far. Again, because contextually he's kind of going backwards, as it were, because of. The version that this is, um, even things like, you know, the, the, the pool is fine and the darts are fine uh, and they're kind of familiar with what's gone before. But it felt like there was less of this content and what was there was it was OK, but it wasn't enough to kind of keep me going back, whether it was uh, a goal for the many card games or, or whatever else. Uh, was there anything that hooked anyone in? I'm looking at the Fishing, list here. Um, I, I really did not do many of the there's there's the. I think it's actually part of the main series or main, main series, the main uh, storyline that you play golf with the politician. Oh, yes. Is that? Uh, yeah. So I did that. 
uh, I think I did the UFO catcher a couple of times, and I did. Yeah. Oh, this is oh, interesting, actually. I did the, the hardest one. I did the uh, aromatherapy massage thing, which kicks off a side oh. quest um, that I don't know if any of you actually got. That oh, was I, I did. was kind of surprised. I did. Well, okay. it's so if, if you meet up, you can meet up with the uh, massage therapist later like you find her in a bar or something and if you speak with her you find out like she's they lead you to think that she's like oh she's in love with kiryu you know she's gonna that she you know she's she's saying all these things and it's and what she's trying to hint at is that the guy that she's talking about that she really likes is kiryu mm -hmm. yep. and it's not she's she's talking about somebody else and he's just nice enough to um to be like listening to her but the the kind of surprising thing that i wasn't expecting them to do was that uh they come out and tell you that she's a trans woman and mm. like kiryu <laughs> as soon as i saw that i was like oh my god they are going to handle this incredibly poorly aren't they but i mean i guess you have the opportunity i don't remember what the actual responses are but i i hope that they're not that bad but uh like you know you basically have the opportunity to just kind of go yeah okay so what i uh, i mean you know that's, yeah 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 and uh, of course that is the one that i chose and i think is it mm. i don't know if it's rikia who's in there who's with you at that point and is like well i mean i don't care i'd still i'd still hit that or basically <laughs> yeah. those lines. Yeah. i think i've seen a screenshot of this uh yeah. this i mean and it was yeah. I, I i'm not gonna say it was like exactly progressive or anything but it was it was something that i was not expecting them to even touch on so it was it was interesting to me that that was there it, one of those yeah. moments where the brake screeching sound was screaming in my yeah. brain you know, I'm like, no, not because of the subject matter, then, because of I'm scared of what you're of gonna how do they're with going this. to handle it. Don't yeah. make me hate you. Yakuza, and then and then don't. I got to the end of it and I don't, don't know what this says about maybe the games or or just modern media in general. I got to the end of it. I'm like, that wasn't horrible. And I felt good about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of I've seen collections of screenshots from Yakuza games being proffered by progressive people uh, that less progressive people would pejoratively describe as, quote, woke, um, like sequences of screenshots from Yakuza of Kiryu saying cool things and being cool about stuff, you know, people's yeah, proclivities, no, he, and, and whatever, he lifestyle. He, he, has, he has some... I'm not going to say he has some attitudes because I mean there are also I like I said I don't I don't know what they say because I didn't pick them but um you can also be say way more things. reticent about those kinds of things <laughs> yeah sure. and I imagine that maybe those don't go quite as well but at least they yeah. wrote in the good guy yeah. hear you stuff yeah. you know mm. so yeah, so if you want to be the asshole you can be and if you want to be cool about uh, yeah. it you can be cool about it yeah yeah. <laughs> Kieran DC from our Patreon says I started playing the Yakuza series when Zero came out and I fell in love with the tongue-in-cheek violent melodrama after Kiwami 1 and 2 the HD remake, remake of 3 was a big step backwards mechanically but the new location was interesting enough to keep me happy the one rule I kept by was not to play the minigames more than once as all of them are in the sequels I just played the story and will play the minigames more when I've eventually caught up with the series so 20 minigames were available within adventure mode, aromatherapy massage, which was originally only in the, the PS3 Japanese version, darts pool, karaoke, just uh, not too many songs, tempi bowling, um, which again is quite familiar if you've played Super Monkey Ball, I think, because it's basically the same engine. <laughs> uh, Mahjong in Japan, again, originally only Shogi Chess, uh, Chinchirorin, I don't even know what that one is, various other Japanese uh, card games and tabletop games, some uh, familiar gambling pastimes, roulette, poker, blackjack. Uh, 
the UFO catcher, which this one is the one that I... Uh, I'm quite good at UFO catchers in real life, and I'm not too bad at them in the Yakuza games, but the one in this, I just couldn't get anything. Just really... I got one the, on, like, my first try and yeah. left. Like, I was like, oh, yeah. going out on top. Bye. It, it's not even like the real thing, where it's rigged so that the claw only <laughs> grips from time to time. It's just really hard. Yeah, because you, uh, you have two claw grips, and the physics are all sorts of uh, yeah. uncooperative. I, I got hellbent on getting Haruka her, uh, the, the stuffed toy that she wanted, so I did get it, but it took me a lot of yen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the batting cage, uh, the golf we talked about, uh, yeah, which is passable, but the physics were a bit off. Uh, fishing, I had a few goes at this, but, um, you know, there there are a thousand mini fishing games in japanese games and uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't well, it wasn't exactly sega bass fishing uh, what no, is mckeel what is <laughs> i love fishing games in my rpgs but I, I i i mean i played some of this one don't get me wrong i did i did but there's only one place you can do it and yeah the bitch yeah yeah and it I, I don't want to say that it seems kind of luck-based. There may be more to it than that, because I didn't go into it that mm. far, but I, um, yeah, I didn't have very much luck with yeah, it. it was, yeah, I found it a bit oblique mechanic. It was fishing and golf for me. I, I'm a sucker for any type of golf game, so I, I, put, I put a fair number a fair number of rounds out on playing golf and fishing just because basically any time a chapter would start at the orphanage, I'd be like, oh, yeah, and then go out and do that for a little bit. But Might as yeah. well, yeah. yeah. There's a worm in the garden. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, always There's always a worm, a worm in, in the garden. garden. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the uh, putting in the golf game just drove me nuts. Thankfully, you could retake the shots, oh. you know, but the putting yeah. was really like that ball was just all too happy to bounce straight out of the hole <laughs> so many times. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I assume you, I know you could always take a mulligan in the story golf game, but could you do that when you're just playing yep. for fun? Yeah. Um, yep. Really? That's and weird. then uh, okay. I think there were it's almost limited... as if they're accounted for the uh, weird physics. Yeah, the fact yeah. that it doesn't. <laughs> I think work. there was a limited number of uses per hole or round. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, the okay. story that mode makes... one. I was like, he's like, oh wow, you're really good at golf. I'm like, yes, I didn't. I definitely mm. didn't retake every shot. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, perhaps most interestingly to me, also, and I knew this was coming, of course, but uh, again, coming off the back of the other games. I knew there were no Sega arcade machines here mm -hmm. to play. So there is a game, which is uh, an original composition purely for Yakuza 3 called Boxelios, which is, uh, I mean, it, it, it plays perfectly okay. It's just that the game itself is really rather mundane. It's a sort of horizontally scrolling shooter, but with polygons. The thing I liked about it was that I think, I think it looks really nice. <laughs> like the, the enemies are all shiny. Um, but uh, the gameplay wasn't that fascinating. It's kind of a, it's a weird time-based thing, but basically you just hold down a fire button and move left and yeah. right. It's kind of pretty I basic. I think if you come off Shield Meta Max, it's uh, fairly basic. Yeah. And there's, well, yes, in, in Yakuza 4, in Yakuza 4, there's the sequel, yeah. uh, which is basically the same again. So Yeah, it was, uh, it was very, um, I don't know. I, I didn't really get it. Also, it's uh, so mm. sort of like keeping a timer going or something like that. Yeah, you're essentially. It's a kind of a yeah. It's a weird sort of speed run game. Yeah. You're supposed to shoot the one ship comes on. It reminds me. I think it might have been an influence on uh, Resogun actually, mm. because every every enemy feels like a Resogun boss yeah. in that they've they're kind of voxel based, and you fire this big wide laser beam at it and kind of shave all these bits off, and then it dies and. 
effectively you're trying to do as many of these in a row as you can before your time runs out it's yeah. uh yeah I, d I don't think they spent thousands of hours no. <laughs> coding this it, one to be it feel, feels uh you know too maybe i get too anal about this whole arcade game thing but it feels like it yeah. being made in the same engine just feels weird you know like uh yeah, yeah. it's uh it for me obviously the a uh, huge uh, as with shenmue yeah, huge appeal of those games was going into an arcade in Japan, putting pretend money in a pretend emulated vintage era Sega coin-op and playing that game. Yeah. Obviously, they carried that through into Zero with Majima getting really excited about playing Space Harrier and stuff like oh, that. Oh, wow. I can't wait um, until I get to that game. And yeah. <laughs> and so I'm so looking forward to when uh, we get back to the, uh, the Sega games being in the arcades, which uh, I'm not sure when that starts again i don't know which number i'm almost, I almost don't want to look it up but i know at some point i get to play virtual fighter 5 in in yakuza so uh that's that will keep you going through the series even though i could just play that game <laughs> <laughs> separately yeah. uh so the game answer and answer which i've heard of but i don't know anything about it was added through dlc originally um in the in the western releases uh the quiz mini games expansion was removed from the western release originally uh two player support became a time limited dlc exclusive to north america releases challenge pack what nonsense is this wow challenging like max shinazuka's training inner fighter 7 and haruka's request aren't considered either mini games or side stories mm. uh that's all content that I have no experience. Did of, we touch on that uh, weird character that looks like a riff on Eddie Murphy that gets you to photograph people <laughs> uh, doing weird things? Uh, we haven't. No, I do. I, I did. I did. I did partake in that one. Yeah, yes. we haven't, right? Yeah, that was no. Go yeah, for that it. was kind of interesting as well. Really, some of the more humorous scenes in the whole game come from that with the uh, the old lady. The, the old lady somersaulting over a taxi cab that she hit. Yeah, what the up. hell is all that about? That's that, <laughs> and then yeah, you need to the answer absurdist. this sort of quiz, like, what did you think you observed there, you know? And if you get it right, then uh, you learn learn some new moves. I kept uh, hanging out. I had to suffer through the uh, bikini bar act because I wanted to, you know, photograph the drunkards pole dancing outside of the Asia Club. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, they didn't turn up for me for some reason. So I yeah, tried I had the trouble with them turning up too. And I just yeah. kept... you had to sit through the whole thing. Yeah. Like when he says, "Can I get up mm. and leave?" You oh, have to say, "No." Right? I was like, "Yes, because yes, I, did the I can." Same get... thing, and I looked it up. Yeah. Ah, right. Because I was like, "Yes, I can finally get out of here." And then, yep. uh, yeah, no, nothing happened. So I had to sit through the whole thing. Oh, good to know. Yep. Sort of echoing uh, what Leah's already said and Brian, Joe Bobonobo from the forum says the Cabaret Club minigame is a massive step down from what came before. You have a much more constrained budget, so you are more limited in customizing your hostess. Only one hostess is available to recruit. Is that right? And you are just wandering around the club and changing her style to get more customers to like her. I hated it, honestly. Just a tedious exercise with little incentive to keep going. I think there are eventually more hostesses yeah, just based so. on the trophies, but I don't know how you get them um, because I did not make it that far. So, no, I'm, it breaks my heart. I love those hostess minigames. 
And if you do want to expect, explore the the depths and limits of the the fighting system, there is battle mode. As with the previous games, the Underground Coliseum is available. An illicit mixed martial arts competition sponsored by Majima is held in the area beneath Camaracho Hills, former, formerly Purgatory. The arena is inspired by real-life Japanese cage fighting competitions such as K1 World Grand Prix. Gameplay is similar to fighting games Toshihiro Nagoshi previously worked on, such as Virtua Fighter and Spike Out. Uh, but I, not uh, Bob Utsonomiya is the guy we were trying to remember. Ah, um, uh, yes. As an aside, <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, the again from my point of view, I've got like v- Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown installed on the same machine as I had Yakuza Three installed on. So why would I play Battle Mode in Yakuza Three over that? I suppose was my feeling. Because you have all these colorful characters. Now I I did a couple of the true, tournaments true. Uh, and they were fine, but I wasn't really getting as much out of them as yeah, I, I guess I could have, have. I probably would have kept going on them if there was like a, a trophy or like some sort of completionist like part of me that like spurred me forward, but. Nothing really drove me to con- engage with it aside from the story-based fight with Majima down there and then, you know, kind of you know, doing a couple tournaments just for fun and then moving on. Yeah, that's what I did too. There's a bunch of DLC for the original versions, Western and Eastern. I don't know if you bought any of it at any point, Mikhail. If it's even possible to still buy it, I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, I definitely didn't. I mean, there's no. a lot of Yakuza still left for me to play, so... <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um you get if you have a previous series system save on your ps4 for example and i assume this works on other formats you get an item uh which is a defensive item weirdly in this game and, and i guess it shows where it came in the series the items that you're wearing as protection and guarding or whatever we haven't really gone into it but it's the same deal as as previous ones shirts and belts and charms and things like that they they actually occupy inventory slots rather than their own separate space which i thought was odd but i suppose fair enough jobo bonobo from the forum again says this surprised me with how comparatively short it is compared to its predecessors even messing around with mini games and sub stories i finished the game in just over 40 hours considering i could spend weeks on a single chapter in zero due to mini games alone that really is a massive difference and you can certainly feel the age of this title compared to the spruced up Kiwami games. Controls, particularly in narrow spaces, can be stiff. Leveling up your skills seem to take forever, making progress slower and thus fighting less dynamic as a result. But the things that really disappointed me were the absence of the small touches. The lack of a little ditty announcing the start and end of a substory. Kiryu barely ever says, Nani, throughout the entire <laughs> adventure. It just did not feel like the Yakuza I grew to love. And yet it is still exactly that. The story and character development in this were really enjoyable for me. Kiryu being a dad to orphans is such a great progression for his character and I really enjoyed the more mundane moments of just sorting out the kids' problems. Yakuza has already built up its characters and world to such an extent that this slice-of-life approach can be accepted by many players as you just want to catch up with Kiryu and friends to see what stage of life they are at. The sheer amount of time spent at the orphanage made its destruction near the end of the game that much more of an emotional gut punch when it happened. While Yakuza 3 has definitely aged quite a bit in terms of graphics and control, and I was personally disappointed with how it implemented some features, I overall still enjoyed it immensely due to still capturing what makes Yakuza the series it is and adding more depth to established characters. The series still has its claws in me, and I want to know how Kiryu's journey ends. A flawed but fun title with heavy narrative importance, 
Yakuza 3 is a delightful time and one I am glad I got to experience. Agree. We didn't mention the coin lockers. Uh, there's a hundred in the game over that's two right. locations. Yeah, that's a lot of keys. They still glint. Uh, I guess the main difference now is that you can go into first person mode by clicking in the right stick and just look at a glint somewhere on a shelf or in the environment. And if you're standing close enough, it might be a key. Yeah. There was also a haunted locker in uh, there was yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yes it's one of the sub stories uh there's uh, a trophy if you get all the keys i did not get all the keys beating the game in hard unlocks extra hard extreme hard extra difficulty level uh premium new game and premium uh, premium adventure which was the uh yeah the the new idea that mckeel was talking about the kind of new game plus type of situation um one of them is story based and one of them is just open world or you know yeah free player choice without story just run around and do what you want kind of thing fernando antunes from the patreon says this one trophy wise was a nightmare to platinum but my determination to do that for the entire series pushed me through and the satisfaction of finally achieving it was all the more satisfying for it um I got my completion was 18%. I don't know how many percent you need to get a platinum. It might not be directly related because the the criteria are different. Yeah, I feel yes. like mine was um, similar. Uh maybe not 18, but it was in the in the low 20s, I believe. And I remember thinking about it afterwards yeah. like I felt like I had done a lot and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, okay, yeah." Yeah. Yeah, I, I think mine was probably similar to Brian's, like something something in the high 20s, early or l low 30s, maybe. Yeah, I've got like 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, like 18 trophies. Um, and in the game, there are 43 bronze, 3 silver, 3 gold and 1 platinum, <laughs> uh, 50 in total. The original game had 45. So, yeah, they, they upped that a bit. Uh, we mentioned the removed content, which is kind of moot if you're playing the modern versions, because I think mostly it was reinstated for the for the remaster. Yeah, I think most um, of what you've mentioned is being removed. I remember actually being there, so I, yeah. I think that's probably close to the truth. Attitudes changed. Mm. The understanding of... We love strip clubs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. Uh, Armakel or Matchel? I'm not sure from our forum says this one breaks my heart to write in the 2020 lockdown. I started this series. I played zero and it was an immediate all time favorite played Kiwami. Great entry. Kiwami 2, another all time favorite judgment. Brilliant game. Then I played three. I'm not going to say three is a bad game. It was fine. And getting to play around with my homeboy Kiryu and Kamarocho was again awesome. And seeing the world and characters evolve as time goes on is what separates this series for me from most others. This game, however, was the first that really left a lukewarm impression in a series that up to up until this point has blasted its way into my heart. The combat was very stilted and slow. Okinawa was my least favourite location so far. I never really cared for the kids in this series and the story left me with absolutely nothing at best and genuine confusion at worst. It was my fault. I understand. I played this series out of order of release and going back to an older game after so many newer ones, I should have been aware that this one might feel different 
to what I'd come to expect. But in 2022, as someone who has finished every game RGG Studios has released, this one sticks out very clearly as the worst game in the lineup. The worst game in my favourite series. So take that as you will. In brief, we have some three-word reviews. Follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter. R. Mikkel says, Kiryu CIA uncle? Colin Alonzo says, more golf, please. Jogo Bonobo says, not enough nanny. Christopher Love says, Hawaiian shirt Kiryu. Steve Margitson says, Majima driving truck. Uh, let's hold just there for a second. Because you said before the show started that you could talk for two hours just on that moment <laughs> and you haven't even okay, mentioned it so so right. before we continue with the three word reviews okay <laughs> um so i need to talk for two hours right um so no, i was no. sitting <laughs> alone on my couch no um yeah majima drives a pink truck through a bunch of gang members slash caa members slash dudes kirio had to fight mm -hmm. and like sideswipes a bunch of them and just says kirio get in and he had ditched his black suit and is wearing the ridiculous gold jacket that v-necks down to his perfect abs for no reason at all and he's wearing his dragon eye patch and it was just awesome all right that's all i got that was <laughs> majima's it, cool it was an amazing moment and the truck being pink it was, it was pretty was so majima i couldn't <laughs> even like like of course he's driving the least conspicuous truck uh it's the best we didn't talk very much about Majima, but he is fantastic in this. I, <laughs> I would really like is. to uh, to yeah. to um, reinforce that. Um, yeah, if you if you like Majima, he has some standout moments yeah. here. All right, I apologize. Should I take that again? Steve Markitson <laughs> says Majima driving truck. <laughs> Tales from the backlog says awesome fatherly Kiryu. And Matt Barnhart says manly rooftop ending, <laughs> as all these games should have. Right, uh, it's time for us to kind of gather our thoughts and summarise on Yakuza 3. I think I'm probably the coolest on this one, so I'll, I'll go quickly. I did really come into the show, obviously, yeah, do the research and the show notes and put everything together. And I had a perfectly OK time playing Yakuza 3 for 18 hours or whatever it was, an 18%, 1% an hour. Um, may, who knows, maybe I'd have enjoyed it even more if I'd actually kind of committed to 100%ing it and doing everything but i don't think so um from yeah i kind of yeah, i made made the same bed as as quite a few people have made which is effectively playing this one out of release order by starting with zero however absolutely no regrets doing that because i do still i would still say that yeah zero is a great place to start even though it was you know, backfilled and, and uh, retrofitted story-wise and things like that. Uh, we obviously go back and listen to, to our Zero, Yakuza Zero and Kiwami shows. Um, it does at least, you know, get you into a place, into a headspace for the, the series and its, its, in, its quirks and, and very particular mood and tone. So, yeah, coming to Yakuza 3, which is a fairly bare bones remaster of a 13 year old game at this point uh it does feel like that uh in some ways but all that said yeah it was not it was not it was not a huge drag to play it but i was equally i wasn't kind of constantly thinking oh really can't wait to get back to the streets of camarocho for or okinawa for this one um it was all right 
if you're playing the whole series as we are, as I'm intending to do, as I know many folks are, don't miss it. Don't skip it out. You know, don't don't not play it because there's still enjoyment to be had there. Just brawling in the streets and going to Japanese eateries and and seeing some of the silliness that goes on. But uh, but I wouldn't necessarily go into this one expecting um, perhaps some of the the absolute eye popping silliness of the others or the uh, the sophisticated the more sophisticated street brawler combat. So yeah, there it is. It's fine. It's Yakuza Three. Uh, who next? Well, let's. Uh, Let's go, Mikhail, as uh, as you played kind of in a different way to the rest of us. Yeah. So for me, definitely a nice evolution coming off the PS2 games. Um, and yeah, I, I just, you know, I I rushed my way through it a little bit uh, to make sure I was able, able to finish it on time. Uh, but even though there are still a lot of other Yakuza games left for me to play. I could see myself return to it to at least invest a little bit more in the in the combat because what was there, while simple, was definitely enjoyable. I enjoyed unlocking some of the later moves, like the sort of uh, Ukemi move where you pop back on your feet after you're being knocked down to mitigate damage and uh, these kind of things. And I have a feeling that there's more there for me to discover. Um, and it also has me thinking about... Uh, the series as a whole, as I've played them up until now, parts one, two, and three, and you know, this sort of the the formula starts sinking sinking in a little bit with me, and thinking like, in many aspects, uh, the loose components of the Yakuza games are kind of you know um, faltering uh, everywhere, like. The storytelling has some great moments, but some really groan-worthy moments as well. Uh, the combat is definitely not the best 3D brawling type of combat you can play. Combat you can experience, um, and you know the side questing can be pretty annoying. Uh, but somehow they're better than the sum of their parts for me. Like the way everything just comes together in this particular type of blend is. Uh, yeah, doesn't never fails me fails to entertain me, and uh, I'm with there all the way. And the best moments in the story do, to some degree at least, emotionally affect me. So I'm I'm still there. I still want to play the rest of the of the series, and I did enjoy this particular direction of the, uh, you know, the taking care of the kids in the orphanage together with all the regular crime life kind of exploits that you can engage in. So. Uh, yeah, not maybe not two thumbs up, but definitely one thumb up for me. Which version of four are you going to be playing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I still I have, I have uh, uh, the PS3 version still waiting for me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right, uh, Leah. I spent less time on Yakuza Three than I think I probably did on any of the other entries in this series. Which is not to say that I didn't like it, because I did. I think I might have even liked it a little bit more overall than I did too. Um, mm -hmm. But that is in spite of a few things that I didn't especially care for about it. Um, I've mentioned already my disappointment with the Hostess minigame in particular. Uh, but the side stories kind of in general were, as I mentioned again, a little bit 
uh, underwhelming for me. Not not distasteful, not terrible, just not as good as, as I really had come to expect from the game. I knew that there was going to be a little bit of a change coming from um, games that were designed for, or remakes, uh, remasters at least, that were designed for a more uh advanced console so i mean the the smaller things that um that maybe made the game a little less modern didn't really bother me that much i i didn't find that there was much in that respect that really affected my enjoyment um but yeah i i i i found that the story itself and kind of the main thrust of everything was something that I really enjoyed, and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I enjoyed seeing Kiryu in kind of a different environment, and and I really liked a lot of the characters that we got to know in this game. Um, some of whom are now dead, but you know, uh, I don't know how many of these people are going to come back for the next uh game anyway. I suspect mm -hmm. maybe not many. Uh, but all that said, uh, I I really do enjoy this game, and I think that if you are into the Yakuza series in any respect, then I, I would say give it a try. It's um, it, it's a lot of fun to kind of get into a, a different situation, like I said, and, you know, see how they make those already established tropes and, and um, just already established pieces of story and of gameplay kind of work in a, in a little bit of a different manner. Uh, I liked that. So I don't know if I'll be going back to this one anytime soon necessarily, but uh, I will say that it made me very excited to keep going for the rest of the series. So I appreciate that. And um, I, I, I heart dad cure you. Yeah, that's, 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 that's where I, <laughs> that's where I land. I heart dad cure you. That's a full word review. <laughs> yes. Uh, Good job. Right, uh, let's conclude with Brian. Yeah, uh, a lot of what I'm going to say is uh, almost eerily similar to what Leah said. Um, I you also heart dad Gary. Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> but I I think that it's amazing to me that I've, I've grown to love this series so much uh, just in the last 18 months. Like, um, it, it, it scratches an itch that I didn't know was there, I guess, before I uh, kind of came into these games. Um, and uh, starting with the Yakuza 7. And the thing about Yakuza 3 that I think stands out is that I, I really do think it, it is the weakest of the games that I've played in the series for a number of reasons. I don't think the story is particularly compelling. I don't think the antagonist is particularly compelling. I, the combat, again, when comparing it to the Kiwami games, which are complete remakes, it's not a fair comparison, but to what I've played, the comparison for me personally, it is the weakest of, of mm -hmm. the bunch for a number of reasons. Yet, like it's still a game that I'm going to look back on and I'm going to smile and I'm going to laugh and I'm going to think about the things that had happened and think about, you know, Kiryu in his Hawaiian shirt, um, shirtlessly or, or him shirtlessly fishing at the beginning of the game, uh, juxtaposed with Majima driving that truck through the crowd. And, and this game might be the weakest of the Yakuza games in, in my opinion, but it still has those Yakuza moments that I think that like most other series don't even come close to reaching for me personally. So while this game is the weakest link of, of the group, I still will think of it fondly as part of this collection of media that just makes me really happy. So mm. I probably won't go back to it. I probably won't try to platinum it or get a thousand achievement points in it. I like I will in some of the other series, uh, some of the other entries, excuse me. But it's still a game that's like a integral part of why I love the story as a whole. So I am th 
thrilled to play through four, five, and six, and I can't wait to start the next one. And um, yeah, the three, while not being the best out of the group, did nothing to deter my interest and love for the series as a whole. Fantastic. Yes, we'll be covering four later this year. That's the only other one we've got lined up for now. But uh, hopefully, we'll all come back in twenty twenty three and and uh, and get a little bit further on in the series as we've done with so many others. But for now. It remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Leah, Michiel, Editor Jay, our correspondents, of course, and you for listening. Next time, in issue 505, come with us to the Hollow Nest for our Hollow Knight podcast.